This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com, and enjoy the various features you'll find on the site completely free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites, we do it on the house. Go enjoy at freetalklive.com. You actually get to control the content as well, should you like. Uh, you find something online that you think is interesting, then uh, you'll be able to submit it to our website with the submit show prep option. It will then pop up on the site, and then other listeners can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike uh, what it is that you submitted. So the most liked will make it up to the front page in the top of the website at freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight in the studio, it is Ian. And JJ. All right, so we're going to start out the night here with a pretty disturbing story that should give some people some pause to question this thing you called the justice system. U.S. Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Frank Wootrich has been sentenced to pretty much nothing for slaughtering civilians during a 2005 massacre in Iraq. According to RT.com, after agreeing to a plea bargain on Monday, Staff Sergeant Frank Wootrich expected a sentence of 90 days in jail for slaughtering civilians during a 2005 massacre in Iraq. On Tuesday, that term was nixed. And now the confessed killer, the confessed killer, right, right. will only be demoted. Well, that makes sense. You know, I mean, he's... Badges grant extra rights, Ian. Don't you know that? And and he's got the greatest badge of all called military service. And anything he does overseas, well, it doesn't really matter around here. Yeah. It's not like it's in our own backyard. I mean, why should we punish him for that? We were sent there to kill people anyway. It's Ian. not like he's killing human beings. Oh, wait. Yes. <laughs> he did take the lives of innocent human beings and confessed to it. And Jason Talley from Talley.tv pointed out last night that he's facing several months in jail for bringing a video camera in a public courthouse. Yeah, I think nowadays murder is not handled in the same way as other crimes for some reason. Uh, you can uh, get, uh, let's see, years in jail for wiretapping. Mm-hmm. You can get years in jail that's automatic for possession of any sort of plant matter or controlled substance, quote unquote. That's right. But when it comes to murdering people, for some reason, the justice system kind of gives you a free pass. Apparently, a spokesman for the U.S. Marine Corps base near San Diego, California, told the media on Monday that by pleading guilty to the charge, Sergeant Woodrich has accepted responsibility for his actions. Really? Has he? Has he made whole the families and the the, the people who love those individuals he slaughtered? No, no. Well, then I don't think he's taking responsibility for his actions. This is true. (laughs) He hasn't actually (laughs) done anything besides admitted that he did it. Those actions. Can you imagine being the spokesperson? I mean, and how you could possibly even you come to, to this man's callous. defense? You have to be pretty callous to, not even beyond callous, you have to be a heartless, soulless, just husk of a human being in order mm. to talk about the slaughtering of innocent people in, a, in such a manner and to be behind this individual who made these actions. And it's just, it's just ridiculous, of course. More here from the story. Uh, he, by the way, the actions that are in question here were included a starring role in a brutal massacre that left 24 people dead in Haditha, Iraq, back in 2005. Led to eight Marines being faced with a multitude of charges over the last six-plus years. Woodrich was the last of the eight men to be brought to trial, but on Monday he accepted a plea bargain in lieu of continuing with his trial that involved, among other charges, nine counts of manslaughter against him. 
The terms of the plea bargain, as reported Monday, were believed to include three whole months of containment in a military prison, the forfeiture of two-thirds of his pay, and a rank demotion. On Tuesday, however, the harshest penalty for the staff sergeant was revoked, and now Woodrich will see no jail time for his role in the murders. On November 19, 2005, Woodrich led a squad of U.S. Marines into two separate homes in Haditha outside of Baghdad. The men opened fire on civilians, killing two dozen men, women, and children including an elderly man confined to a wheelchair. Because you got to watch out for those. Those are some brave soldiers. You, you, you know, I really, it's the whole, the whole support the troops thing. You know, when people say support the troops, are, are you, okay, individuals out there who say this phrase, are you actually trying to say that we should support troops like this too? I mean, are you mm. trying to delineate between the troops who are perhaps doing their jobs, albeit their jobs are immoral in many cases, but they're doing it in more ethical ways? Or you just mean support all the troops? Do you, do you really support the murder and the, the, the savagery that's going on in, in the name of the United States flag? Support them, right or wrong. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there's, there's nothing that makes sense about any of this. It's just horrifying what is going on here. So, again, uh, taking out two, two dozen men, women, and children, including an elderly man confined in a wheelchair, he would later admit to instructing his peers to shoot first and ask questions later, and insisted that despite no weapons ever being recovered from the Iraqi homes, that the American fighters were under assault. Yeah, right. It's, they're not under assault. Americans go overseas. They are the assaulting party. They are the invaders. They are the right. ones who are conducting the aggression and initiating the force. You invaded their home, buddy. Yes. <laughs> you kicked in their door, and this dude in a wheelchair, I guess, uh, you know, shooting him up was uh, just part of the game. You're scoring high points there, you know. Get, get you know, a bonus for yeah, shooting a man in exactly, a wheelchair. yeah. And the children, too. They're, they're worth double. Yeah, double points for kids. On Tuesday, Wootrich uh, admitted that his name will always be associated with that of a cold-blooded baby killer and an out-of-control monster, but appeared emotionless when his scanty sentence was finally handed down, according, according to Reuters. He accepted guilt for leading the fighters through the massacre, but said that, quote, the intent wasn't that they would shoot civilians. It was that they would not hesitate in the face of the enemy. The truth is, I don't believe anyone in my squad behaved in any way that was dishonorable or contrary to the highest ideals that we all live by as Marines. And that, that statement there proves just how delusional and how far off base this individual really is. Because if he thinks that that's how you honorably conduct yourself by shooting people in wheelchair and, and shooting children, then this this sort of... It speaks loud about the entire Marines. It's not just this individual. Mm. How many cases of this has hap- have happened that we don't know about? Exactly. And how Fine many? Question. How many innocents have been slaughtered by the Marines and then covered up? Or, or that's why mm-hmm. we keep an AK-47 in the car so we can toss it on the body of this person we just just slaughtered. They do that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's been t- those those things have been admitted in the past, and we've also seen story after story of the you know horrors out of Iraq and Afghanistan where. The, the occasional one that actually does make it out to the public, you end up finding out that a lot, a lot of times these things go all the way to the top, and they're covered up as far up to the top as they possibly can go. And, and usually it's just something that, I don't know, somehow somebody got the word out that uh, that manages to break all the silence and then ends up you know resulting in some sort, sort of level of public discourse on it. And unfortunately, that's all we end up getting is public discourse because apparently the courts aren't interested in handing out any kind of punishments for murder, yeah. the murder of two dozen human beings. Yeah, I was uh, when I was in the military uh, back some years ago. We the unit that I was in 
It was full of what I would call professional individuals. These these people, it was the National Guard. And sure, you can say what you will about active duty versus National Guard, but I'll tell you what, the people that I served with were human beings. Hmm. And they 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 wouldn't even joke about this sort of stuff. This We wouldn't even joke about Do you feel to, like that's because they were only part-timers, that they weren't like fully yes, inculcated into exactly. this do-as-we-say mentality? Think, yes. I think when once you're active duty, and, and more so once you're sent overseas, you are literally just indoctrinated from the point you are in a military ba- base until you leave that whatever you do as a soldier is fine. Mm. You you know what? That's it's the, the enemy. enemy out there. That's yeah. right. It's the enemy. And you kill them, you show them no mercy. And it's just like, well... They're not human beings with families and feelings and emotion right. and, uh, you know, workplaces and lives and people that count on them. No, no, they're not any of those things. Well, this is blowback for an illegal and unjust war is what it is, is when you you send people to do unjust duties in, in uh, illegal circumstances, you get manslaughter, you get civilian deaths, you get children killed, you get people in wheelchair killed, because that's how people act when they're doing something that is already wrong. And especially if they know that there are no consequences, and many people who might be of the more sadistically minded, people who enjoy inflicting pain on others, they know that they can get away with murder because, you know, they've heard. Yeah. There's a guy that got, that helped kill 24 people who walked away with a demotion. Right. Ridiculous. 1-855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. By the way, there were, again, seven other men involved in this. All of them were acquitted and one had his charges dismissed because they took plea bargains that were supposed to indicate that this guy, they were basically talking out against this guy. Right. And then they let this guy off, too. So there's no justice here. It's free talk left. Americans are losing their wealth. People are rioting in the streets. For years, the American people have ignored the assaults on our liberty. The book in plain sight, The Disregarded Truth, not only reveals the truth and the deceptive tactics that have caused the decline of our liberty, but also identifies and explains how we, the American people, can restart what was once a free America. It's time to wake up, protect our liberty, and return the government back to its proper role. It's time to know the truth. Order in plain sight. The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and if you've got a, like a mobile phone, a smartphone, you can go to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com, m.freetalklive.com, and that will allow you quick access to our live streams and the podcast, M dot freetalklive.com so uh we continue here uh, ian with you this evening and jj also jj is involved uh, heavily in the production the man uh, the main man behind freekeen tv if you've ever been to freekeen.com and seen freekeen tv then you know what i'm talking about if you haven't you should uh because it's a great program that uh, really kind of takes a weekly look at some of the uh, activism news and other news going on in this particular area, the area from which we do this program where many liberty-minded people are focusing their efforts. Uh, People, as you know, if you've listened to Free Talk Live before, are moving to New Hampshire uh, because of the Free State Project. 
and they're getting active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And Keene is one of the hot spots. There are some other hot spots as well. Uh, but there's a, a whole lot of media going on here in Keene, and uh, putting a television show together is no easy task. Uh, even on a weekly basis, it's it's a lot of work, and I know that uh, you're looking to expand the Free Keene TV team. That's right. Uh, JJ. Yeah, I'm looking for more people who want to be interested in helping out. You don't even need to be in the area in some cases. Oh, really? There are some things you can help out with, such as graphics and um, just video overall. Certain uh, aspects of video can be done elsewhere. Naturally, a lot of the stuff that's captured here is going to be broadcast here, so a lot of the activist videos get to be uh, put up on the uh, the uh, show. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I'm also looking for people that want to help write and create the show and take some of the load off my shoulders, basically. Because if something happens to you, then you want yeah. the show to continue, right? Yeah, basically, I think if something happened to me, I don't know that the show would probably continue much more than maybe one week. Right. Who knows? So having uh, people who can handle multiple roles is obviously a valuable thing. And there's a fairly good crew that you've already got working with you. But That's the, show, right. the show's taken a turn for, uh, you know, toward more, you know, it's a little more professional now than it's been. Uh, it looks, you know, the, the the graphics have improved. There's There's been some changes in the format. And, you know, you've been tweaking things. It's been going on a half a year now, which I think on its own is a, a real success story. Yep. And so you're, you're mo- looking to move it up, take it on to the next level. How could people get in touch? Maybe email you at tv at freekeen.com? That's, that's probably the best way to get in touch, uh, tv at freekeen.com. Um, I'm also looking for sponsors and advertisers for the advertisers for the web-only edition and sponsors for the live uh, edition as well. So um, need to get some, some money flowing so that we can do more expansion and just make it a better situation overall. It sounds like a great way for people who are on the outside who maybe you know wish they could move to New Hampshire sooner rather than later, but for whatever reason feel like they're stuck uh, where they are, to be able to help out. Sometimes people say, well, what can I do to help besides give money uh, to an organization? And obviously money doesn't hurt, uh, but you know, maybe somebody who can do some writing, that would be a good thing. Yep. And like you said, graphics, etc. cetera. Uh, email JJ over at tv at freekeen.com if you're willing to help. Also, you can meet JJ uh, and other great liberty activists at the upcoming Free State Project Liberty Forum coming up in about a month's time, actually. February 23rd through the 26th, it's going to be happening in the same place it always does, the Nashville Crown Plaza Hotel, and you'll be able to meet uh, lots of interesting folks. Hundreds of liberty-minded people will be in attendance, and it'll be your opportunity to network with all of them, because it's it's a blast to be at the Liberty Forum. Not only will you be uh, maybe learning a thing or two from some of the great speakers they have, like uh, Carlos Miller from Photography is Not a Crime, Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine, Peter Schiff, the investment advisor, and many more. But you also get to see panel discussions like the We Made the Move panel uh, where people talk about their experience moving to New Hampshire, their experience uh, living in New Hampshire. Also, uh, I believe there's going to be a civil disobedience panel, which is always an interesting one. Certainly. So uh, many different panels and discussions, uh, luncheons, dinners, after-hours parties. You don't want to miss this if you can make it. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Get the details, get signed up there, and use coupon code FTL2012 to take 10% off the already low convention prices at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And I imagine Freaking TV is going to have some cameras there uh, recording things. Definitely going to have some presence there. All right, so let's go to the phones here and the fun. Talk to Nick listening in Phoenix. You're on Free Talk Live, Nick. Nick in Phoenix? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's um, on your mind tonight? I wanted to kind of continue the... Uh, continue the free tech live thing that you had going last night about encryption. Oh, sure. So uh, last night you were talking, yeah, you were talking about encryption 
and how some person in a robe decided that a woman had to decrypt her hard drive, even though the contents would be used to prosecute her. Correct. Um, then the topic moved on to disk, disk encryption with TrueCrypt and plausible deniability, which is a way of having a fake operating system on your computer so you can't be compelled to disclose any of your private uh, data or information. So I just wanted to let your listeners know about a, a bug that can compromise security with TrueCrypt. Oh, no. And it, it's not really a bug, but it, it's something you have to know to be safe. Um, if you're using a recent version of TrueCrypt and you're using full disk encryption, you don't have much to worry about yet. At least nobody's been able to replicate this with full disk encryption. But if you have encrypted volumes on an unencrypted drive and your laptop goes into hibernation mode, mm -hmm. your password can be recovered and your data extracted without the password. Your password can be recovered if your laptop goes into hibernation mode. How? I guess, is there a way like, to understand that without getting too technical? Because <laughs> it's confusing to me. Yeah, basically, when, you're, when your uh, laptop would go into hibernation mode, what it does is it takes a snapshot of your uh, memory, your RAM, yeah. and it stores it on your hard drive so that it can wake the computer back up and know exactly what you were doing. Are you saying that? So oh, are you that saying that's only true if you? It, sorry, Nick. If, if are you saying this is true if you've already unencrypted? It, like if you if you're accessing the encrypted file and your laptop goes to sleep, or like if the if the encrypted file is just sitting there on your computer and you're not accessing it, then that wouldn't put you in jeopardy, right? Well, if if you have the the encrypted volume mounted and you go into hibernation mode, then absolutely it can be recovered or it can be compromised. Got it. So I see what um, you're saying. When you, you go into – when you access the file, the encrypted file, because the way TrueCrypt works is when you open up this uh, encrypted file, it, it mounts it like as though it were another drive. It, it basically makes it appear as though it's – you know, if you got the C drive, you got your D drive. It might make it appear as though it's your E drive or something like that. And so you're saying that because because it's active exactly. and um, it's in the it's in the memory, the password's in the memory, and people can just rip that password out. Right, exactly. And it, it it's also possible if if you have axed, or if you have mounted the drive in the past, even though it's not mounted now, and you go into hibernation mode, it's still possible that that's latent in your memory, and it could be recovered as well. Interesting. So well, thank you for that tip. And TrueCrypt in Windows are, are not are not a good match. They, they uh, do not is, mix. As far as I know, it's only a Windows uh, issue. Good to know. I appreciate the uh, the tip there, Nick. Uh, what else do you want to share tonight? Anything? Guess that's not. Enough. That's all I wanted to share. All right, Thanks. man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, uh, another debate scheduled for tonight. Ron Paul up against uh, three statists. <laughs> and it's always going to be always entertaining. Looking forward to, uh, to seeing that. one 450 You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, the statement from this goalie, the Bruins goalie, Tim Thomas. Have you heard this thing? We'll share yeah. it with you. Free talk. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com
is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and grab as many episodes as you would like because they go all the way back to late 2006 and they're all completely free at freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And JJ. And uh, we invite you again over to freetalklive.com. The toll-free number 855-450-FREE allows you to bring up anything. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com. You can sign up for their free daily dispatch, freedomsphoenix.com. Once again, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. Many people have heard this news because it actually made it to national headlines. Uh, There's a Bruins goalie named Tim Thomas who refused to take part in some sort of a photo op, I guess, where winning sports teams visit the White House And he had this to say when asked why, out of the entire team, he was the only guy who refused to attend. He says, quote, I believe the federal government has grown out of control, threatening the rights, liberties, and property of the people. And I'm I'm glad that he continued uh, because... You know, when you hear something like that, it can easily be be just kind of brushed off as, oh, well, he just doesn't like Obama. Right. But he went on. He said, this is being done at the executive, legislative, and judicial level. This is in direct opposition to the Constitution and the Founding Fathers' vision for the federal government. Because I believe this today, I exercise my right as a free citizen and did not visit the White House. This was not about politics or party, as, in my opinion, both parties are responsible for the situation we are in as a country. This was about a choice I had to make as an individual. This is the only public statement I will be making on this topic. Well, good for him. I think uh, I, I heard about this a couple of days ago. And uh, I, personally, when an individual has an opportunity to, to make this sort of message, and, and it is getting press, he did get coverage. It, it got out there. Now, a lot of people were upset. Uh, they based their, their argument of why he should go along because it's the team. You know, the whole thing about the team is doing this. The team is going to the mm. White House. The team won the trophy. But now Tim doesn't want to be a part of the team. So that's that's one of the uh, counter-arguments I heard. But but personally, I think this is a, a great sort of position for him to be in to express how he feels and to get the, the national attention, obviously, and international attention. So I, I you know, personally... I wouldn't have gone. I wouldn't have uh, gone and talked to Obama. As far as I'm concerned, he's the he's the tyrant in chief of, of the uh, the entire dictatorship or the whatever you want to call it, the oligarchy. Uh, so, I think more people need to actually listen to this message instead of just seeing this as a front to uh, Obama's respect or demand for respect or you should respect the president. Blah blah blah. And people, I think, are are just looking at this as sort of uh, a slap in the face instead of actually reading the message and actually taking the, the moment to think about what he's saying. And I think I, it's really it's, important what he's done here because it's showing that, uh, you know, you need to stand up. You've got to speak out. And even if it's if it uh, seems to be an unpopular thing to do, 
that's the right time uh, to do this. Exactly. Because there's never going to be, at least not anytime soon, a popular time to oppose the state. Maybe someday we'll see that. Maybe someday soon, hopefully, we'll see it becoming more uh, in vogue to be you know, in opposition to the idea of the state or at least the current state of, of, of things. And there was some risk for him to, to do this. Oh, I, th- I think he definitely took a hit in some, some of the fans. See, the, the thing that I don't like is that the state – tries to hijack sports uh, all too often. So you'll see, you go to a football game or any sort of profession, professional sports game, mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll they'll support the troops, uh, American flags all over, uh, jets fly anthem. over, national anthem, right. stars and stripes all over, and it's sort of that whole nationalistic pride gets wrapped up into the whole my team is better than your team sort of phenomenon. And I think... That's why, uh, for for a good part of the reason why I don't like to go to sports games and I don't really pay much attention is because they're too quick to jump on this, this state bandwagon. Some of these these uh, you know teammates and whatnot, they win the trophy and they're like, oh yeah, God bless the troops and you know this and that. And it's like, well, you have an opportunity to make to have a message, okay? Mm-hmm. Just like T- Tim did, and. They don't. They don't take that opportunity. It's like there's not a lot of critical thinking that happens with with sports players. I think is what I think it's is. it's a heroic thing. What uh, what Tim has done here. We want to get your thoughts as well. And whatever you want, eight five five four fifty free. Trevor's on the line, listening in Ohio. Trevor, you're on with Ian and JJ. Hey Ian, how are you, JJ? Hey, what's up, Trevor? What's on your mind uh, tonight? I just uh, well, I just want to let you guys know I had a successful cop block. My really first one. Oh, do tell. Yeah. Um, I go to a technical college here in Marion, Ohio, and um, there was a sheriff's deputy. He was standing inside the uh, one of the offices talking to uh, the secretary for at least 30 or 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I decided I would go ahead and walk in there and confront him, and I asked him if it was all right for me to record him. I know that Ohio is a two-party consent state, and he said that was fine, so I went ahead and recorded him. And, um, well, you I shouldn't. Uh, by right. the way, I mean, I don't know what the law is in, in Ohio and how harsh they are about it, but mm-hmm. uh, you shouldn't have to ask a bureaucrat permission to record. I mean, it's a nice thing to do I and understand. all. But, uh, uh, I mean, he's been here a lot, and I, I see him every night. He's right. real nice. says hi. You gotcha. Know, but, but, uh, so, anyways, I went in there and I started questioning why he was standing there, and he says that I hired him. Really? You did? <laughs> yeah, he said, I hired him. And I said, I hired you. And I said, Well, you're fired. And he asked why, and I said, well, because you've been standing here for 30 minutes, and I think it's your job to protect the students coming out. And, um, I mean, long story short, we started getting on talking about disorderly conduct and uh, taxes, and I asked him to show me laws, and he got mad and tried to kick me out of the office, and I told him that I refused to leave. He got so mad that he ended up leaving, and now the school's threatening me with expulsion. Wow. Why? Just because you talked to a cop on camera and asked some questions? Yeah, that that was against the school's policy that I was uh, belligerent, that I had no right because they hire him when he's off duty to uh, come here and protect our property, I guess, at the college. So he and, was off duty at the time? He is in full uniform in the sheriff's car, mm. and he's actually sitting in the parking lot now. And uh, I asked him why he wasn't in the parking lot. As me as a student, I, I was in the Army for 13 years. Like, I've only called one other time. Uh, and uh, 
if I'm paying for you to protect my wife and I to go out to the parking lot, then why aren't you there? And I think that's what really set him over the edge. And then the secretary at the school and didn't care for what I had said, and mm. now they've threatened me with this expulsion. So. Wow, expulsion. But are you, you're a student yeah, I'm there. I'm getting expelled. <laughs> you are getting expelled, or it's possible well, you'll get expelled? Well, the way it looks, I have to meet with the dean tomorrow, they said, at 3.30. And I said, why? Because I stood up for my rights as a citizen to ask him, and I said, I have everything on film that I asked him permission, and he agreed, and then when he didn't like some of the stuff that I had to say, he tried to kick me out of the office, and I refused to leave, and I said, if I refused to leave and it was a crime, why didn't he arrest me? And I asked him if I was being detained, and he said no. I mean, I'm pretty new at this stuff. What I, I would suggest... What I would suggest here is if they really are looking at expelling you for this, that you get them on the record, (laughs) that you get them on the record. So, you know, bring your camera to the expulsion hearing tomorrow and then, Mm -hmm. you know, get whatever it is that they're going to say on video. That may change how they behave. Yeah. And also maybe ask them about whether or not the school supports, you know, the free press or independent media. uh, The secretary... If she gave him my name, and she did, he asked who I was, and mm-hmm. she provided him with that information. Hey, good luck tomorrow. Let us know how it goes. And thanks, Trevor, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. 1-855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever's on your mind. The oppression can come from a variety of different directions, not just from the police, but sometimes from just the, the passers-by who don't understand that it's the police that are the ones that are really hurting people. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, You can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is a simple one. You can send 3 bucks a month in with any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. And we'll take that $3 in and invest it in the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more Internet listeners on board as well, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and get perks too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum podcast, and more. All the details are available at amp.freetalklive.com. To the phones and your thoughts. Howard. Listening in Philadelphia. You're on Free Talk Live, Howard. Hey, Ian and JJ. How you doing? Super. What's on your mind tonight? I want to ask some questions. Like, I find JJ like a very interesting host. Like, 
I know he's fairly new. I've only been seeing him around for like two or three months. But well, I don't know about that. Said, JJ's been on the show for much longer. How long have you been on? Really? Just over a year now. Yeah, he's been on for like a year, dude. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, what I actually noticed about him, maybe I took a break from the show and then I just noticed, but what I noticed about him, he's a veteran, and I think he was a, in the Marine Corps also, right? No, it's the Army, right? Yep, Army. Oh, you're Army guy? Yep. Wait, what, you're, you were like an infantry guy? I was in the artillery, actually, fire direction control. Oh, oh that's, okay, cool. Well, it changes my thoughts a little bit, but I appreciate, like, you sharing your experience of what you yeah, it was a, it was a much like, different time. Yeah, a lot of value to the show, but I was just like trying to like I'm a vet too, but I don't know. It's like now my my thoughts are totally. I thought you were in the Marine Corps too, so I want to ask you some questions about that. But I do appreciate you um, being on the show and your views. Like I just want to ask, like I don't, I'm not sure, like the indoctrination in the Army is the same as it was in the Marine Corps as far as boot camp was, but, like, being an artillery guy, like, do you feel regret? Like, I don't know if you were in combat or anything, but I'm sure that if, you know, your job to be an artillery guy is to shoot artillery at, you don't even know who you're shooting it at, but you're probably killing somebody. Like, did you struggle with that at all? No, I actually never actually was in combat, thankfully. Um, I was in prior to 9-11, and I actually had just finished my, uh, actually got out just prior to 9, well, not just prior, but before 9-11. And uh, so basically most of my experience was just the the bureaucracy. And I'm very glad that I never was in combat. I'm very glad that I, I never had to face that sort of struggle. And because, yes, you're right, you're right. Artillery, you don't even know who you're shooting at, especially. You're just following orders. Yeah, right? especially FD, you know, the, in the fire direction control apparatus, you are just facilitating it. You're checking a map to make sure it's not going to hit any friendlies, but that's about it. Uh, and, and so it's very much a blind fire sort of situation. And I could see a lot of people having that sort of regret after they've gotten out of the service, not knowing whether that was their round that hit this school and, and the children or whatever whatever happens. As far as the indoctrination, um, when I was in, it was definitely, this was before they lowered the standards. Before When I got in, they, they still had very high standards for accepting people. They, would, they wouldn't accept people who had violent records. There was no gang members or you know, basically anyone who had somewhat of a, a misdemeanor or, or worse or record wasn't in the military at that time unless they had some sort of waiver. They really did. Ha- they have lightened the requirements now yes, make it a since, lot easier. Yes, yeah, since 9-11, people. in fact, they've opened those floodgates up. And that's why you're seeing a lot of gang, uh, former gang members inside the Army. And uh, they bring with them their experiences on the streets and sort of, you know... As, as, as it you... happened when I was in, too. I was in from 84 to 88, and I actually met, like, guys who were from, like, California. They were in gangs, like, from L.A. Like, they joined the military, my friends. Like, they had joined the military to escape that lifestyle. And when they would t- tell me, like, I got to know them, they were from the barrio. Like, they were real gang guys. But that's how the military is. So I, I guess you can probably re- relate to that kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. like, I knew a lot of guys who were, like, I was a cook in the Marines, but I knew guys who did that, like, and they were mortar guys, like, they would shoot the mortars off, and I never, that trajectory and all that stuff was beyond me, but I just appreciate you 
the stuff that you share, JJ. I don't know where I'm getting it wrong that I thought you were like a a recent vet, but that was cool. I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No worries, Howard. I appreciate the call tonight, man. Thank you. I appreciate you being on the show. I just wanted to call. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate your call. I certainly thank you. And, and, you know, I've gotten a lot of good feedback since I've been on the show. And and thanks to Ian and Mark for the opportunity. Sure. You're certainly not a noob around here. I mean, you're one of the old school uh, free staters. You've been here in the Keene area at least for several years. For what? Four? Four Four years years now. Yeah. So just about one year less than than I have. Uh, You're definitely one of the originals. Uh, So 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can take control of these airwaves. Hey, by the way, since we're talking about militaristic things, there's an update on our little situation here in pretty little Keene, New Hampshire, a little town of, uh, or small city, if you want to call it that. It's politically designated as a city, but there's only about 23,000 people that right. live here. Uh, real small place. They have gra- they've been granted $300,000 from the federal government for what is called a Bearcat. Now, this is a uh, armored attack vehicle. It actually uses the, the term attack uh, in the, the acronym for what Bearcat stands for. Uh, this, is a, this is a killing machine designed to deliver uh, you know, men with guns uh, to a certain location, perhaps crash into the front of a house or something like that or, or whatever. And this is a, an intimidating-looking vehicle. If you've ever seen the Bearcat, uh, it's, a, it's a, a brand called Lenko, L-E-N-C-O, that manufactures these things. No one has yet been really able to explain why uh, you know, any police need these things, uh, certainly why a small town would need uh, a Bearcat. The claim is because Keene has uh, events like the Pumpkin Festival, uh, which is a once-yearly event where a bunch of people come to Keene and party in the streets and have pumpkins and stuff. And they, they claim that that could be, that could be a terrorist uh, threat, and uh, there could be a terrorist threat to the Pumpkin Fest, so we need to have the Bearcat around to, I don't know, deliver men with guns to a location as though they don't already have police cars and SUVs and, and other uh, vehicles. So the controversy has been that the city council around here didn't bother to actually – hold any sort of a public notice hearing on this. They they just kind of quietly approved it. They didn't really announce very loudly that they were considering it in the first place. And, and you know, basically they snuck it in under the radar. I think a lot of people found out about it through the newspaper after they had already accepted it, I yep. think. And they voted almost unanimously for it as well, uh, just showing, proving that their allegiance lies with the Keene police and whatever it is the police want, as opposed to what people in Keene actually want, because if you talk to people in Keene, they don't want the Bearcat. Right. Pe- people overwhelmingly are against having a Bearcat in, uh, in Keene, New Hampshire. So some of the activists have taken it, taken it up as an issue and have uh, attempted to get a, another public hearing on this, or to get a public hearing uh, on the Bearcat to reconsider their decision to accept this thing. And... There were over 140 petition signatures delivered, collected over just one weekend, uh, and then delivered that next, the following week to the city council with the intention of having the city council take a look at this issue and, again, just reconsider it. Just right. have a public hearing about it. Not, it wasn't even a petition to say refuse the Bearcat. It was just a petition to say let's have a hearing on this. Yeah. And the, uh, the man calling himself the mayor, the new mayor, decided to basically blow it off the table by t- what they call taking it as informational, which basically means, okay, we've seen this, and we're not going to do anything about it, right. and, and just blow it off. And so 
that wasn't acceptable to me. I attempted to contact this uh, this guy and ask him for an interview, which he said when he took his, his office that he'd be willing to do independent media interviews, unlike his predecessor, who refused every single time he was asked for an interview. Thus far, we've yet to be able to track him down for an interview. Um, and so activists decided to go to a city committee meeting tonight with signage, anti-Bearcat uh, signs, and the intention originally was to speak out uh, at this meeting, even though it wasn't a meeting about the Bearcat, was to simply use the public uh, speaking opportunities at this meeting to just go ahead and just grab a microphone and start talking about the Bearcat. Well, we never had the chance to do it tonight because the city manager spied me as soon as I walked into the room and he came over and he said he had something to tell me. So we went outside the uh, the room. And he informs me that the one guy on the council who had uh, opposed the Bearcat has brought the issue forward again officially as like he brought a letter. It was signed. He showed me the letter from this uh, this councilor. So, you know, to prove it, what he was saying was true. And so apparently when a city councilor says something, they actually have to have a public hearing about it. Whereas wow. if 144 people have petition signatures, they don't have to do a damn thing about it. So the word is there will now be some sort of a public hearing regarding this military killing machine that the ballistic engineered armored response counter attack truck that thing yeah so it's moving forward maybe there's a possibility it could be turned around and so these are the things that you know we need help with up here people getting here getting active more coming up at 855-453 that's the SACL cai toll free line bring up anything free talk line people ask me tim Why did you start VerbalSurgery.com? Well, it's easy. I started making these podcasts to make you feel better right now. That's right. From the tops of the Himalayas to the bottom of the deepest seas. That's right. These broadcasts go out to everywhere on the planet and most importantly, deep inside of your brain to make you feel better right now. And isn't that what it's all about? VerbalSurgery.com. Check it out today. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. We launch here into the second hour of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And JJ. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, of course, you can take control of the airwaves. We call it Free Talk Live because you're free to call in, talk about anything you want. And we're live seven nights per week. So join us over on the website, freetalklive.com, where you can actually control the content by submitting different things you find online. Maybe it's uh, something like a blog post or a fun YouTube video, or it could be completely completely serious as well. Whatever you think our listeners will enjoy, uh, you submit it and others will vote. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. Of course, uh, plenty to talk about tonight. On the way, uh, JJ's going to tell us about the beginnings of Hollywood and what it had to do with avoiding copyright. Uh, Of course, your thoughts are certainly welcome on whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. Although I wanted to share an email that came in here from Ben regarding a conversation we had earlier this week with Bernard von Nothaus. As you may be aware, Bernard von Nothaus is uh, facing up to 22 years in prison. Why? Well, not, it's not like he murdered uh, half a dozen people uh, in Haditha, Iraq, like the army guy, the, the Marine, that uh, has been completely 
you know, not sentenced to anything. No, no, no. Bernard von Nothaus is facing 22 years in prison because he made something that competes with the federal government. He made an alternative currency, the Liberty Dollar, a real value-backed currency with real silver and gold backing it uh, that, uh, you know, threatens the legitimacy of the state. And they can't have their legitimacy threatened. So, I mean, he's looking at the rest of his life in jail. He's in his 60s right now. Right. And never mind that the Constitution says only gold and silver shall be legal tender or whatever, you know. I right. Mean, regardless, the Constitution just a piece of paper. Yeah, we all know that the Constitution doesn't mean anything to these people, and so we had Bernard on the show to encourage people to write to the judge in the case and to essentially, you know, uh, ask for forgiveness, mercy. Please, you know, don't sentence this guy to 22 years. Maybe give him time served and let him go. Uh, and so that was the intention of the interview, but it also gave us the chance to talk about the Liberty Dollar and, and what it was. And Ben says, Ian, I'd be careful with holding up Bernard, Bernard von Nothaus as a hero. I'm sure you're familiar with the Lou Rockwell article on the case, and I feel like maybe I've seen it. But anyway, he says, my understanding that merchants is that merchants were actively encouraged to return Liberty Dollars as change, even while they were fully aware that the spot price of the silver in the coin was less than the supposed value of the Federal Reserve notes being conveyed. Since you apparently were an associate, did you encourage merchants to be candid about this fact? It's hard for me to imagine that most ordinary people would accept the coin in lieu of actual Federal Reserve notes if they had the if they had then complete information that the merchant had simply bought the coin for less money than was being returned. Do you understand what, uh, what I he's see saying? what he's saying. What was the denomination on the silver round? It well, it would depend on the value of silver. So, right, but didn't he put a did he put a denomination on the round itself? Right, and this is one of the critiques of the Liberty Dollar, right. which is a valid critique that it doesn't. It's not a very good. Uh, method of, of transferring silver around because it's got a, a U.S. dollar denomination right. on it. And it was essentially – that's essentially was the manufacturer suggested retail price. So when you create a product uh, in the marketplace, you put a re- suggested retail price on it. Retailers can retail it for whatever they want, uh, but you kind of come up with that MSRP. And essentially that's what this was, was you have a one-ounce silver piece and Bernard von Nothaus had minted it with an MSRP right on the piece. So when as a Liberty associate, which is which I was, uh, I was buying these pieces in the beginning days back when silver was, believe it or not, like nine dollars an ounce. Uh, I was buying it for nine and change per ounce and it had a ten dollar mark. It had a ten dollar marking on it. So the idea was you would spend one of them and spend it at a ten dollar value. And therefore, there was a, a financial incentive for you to spend that money as opposed to hoarding it. There's nothing wrong or dishonest about that. Uh, when somebody is when somebody is accepting something in the marketplace, they're accepting it because they they value it. Right. You're telling somebody, "I'm going to give you an ounce of silver." It has ten dollars written on it, but that's just the suggested value of it. They can accept that ounce of silver at twenty dollars, or they can accept that ounce of silver at five dollars. They can accept that ounce of silver at whatever it's worth to them. And I, I mean, I understand what Ben's saying here. He's saying if you're not fully, uh, you know, above board with all of the, you know, individual details on how the currency works, that somehow that's deceptive. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that uh, if the, what the suggestion was 
was that Liberty Associates, people distributing the Liberty dollar, should go to merchants and attempt to get them to become basically distribution points for the Liberty dollar, to get merchants to carry Liberty dollars in their cash register and then offer them as change to their customers as a way to get them spent into the community, which seems like a good idea to me. And so the proposal uh, from the Liberty dollar at the time as to how that should be done, how, how should the merchant do this? Like, what's the best way to get this silver into people's hands. And the idea was you would suggest to the customer that, uh, well, I could give you change in these or I could give you change in silver. Which would you like? And then, you know, let the customer decide, well, I'll take the FRNs or oh, that looks cool. I'll take one of those. Right. So the, right. the idea was to give them the, the choice. So it wasn't as though that it it wasn't as though that the 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 marketer or the, uh, the the vendor was just handing people silver back for for change and saying here you have to take this they were supposed to be giving them a choice so that was the way that it was promoted and i think most in in my experience uh, at least i know that most people who trade in silver are very upfront about what's going on and people who want the silver who will, will accept it they are also very much in the in the know as to what the spot price is and and how much each, as silver is in each coin if it's junk silver so to speak so i think most of the public that trades in silver is educated knows what's going on mm-hmm. and i think those individuals who perhaps got a silver round as part of their change well, that might just spur them to learn about it and actually further the, I guess, the, the accepting population who uses silver and knows about silver. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a totally educational uh, concept, the Liberty Dollar. It was, the purpose of it was to educate people, which is why it had faults. Um, because it, you know, they didn't just have an ounce weight on there, and that's all. They had that suggested price, which made it tricky to handle when the value of silver kept going up because you had to get re-minting, and we'll touch on that here in a moment. But, but let's go back to the issue of the question of, well, there was this markup on it, right? So people were buying it for less than the value uh, that was printed on it, and then they were offering it to people at the value that was printed on it. And the suggestion from Ben here is that that's dishonest, and that's, that's not right. Uh, but the fact is... Banks get dollars at a discount too. The high-level banks that are buying dollars from the the Federal Reserve, they're they're getting those at a discounted uh, rate as well. So banks are doing the exact same thing. They're incentivized with a discounted rate on buying money from the Federal Reserve, as I understand it at least. To you know, I, I don't know what they're paying. There's like fifty cents on a dollar or something like that, or I don't know what the the amount is. But they're not paying full full price for those things. Right. So uh, so that's happening at all different levels. It's acceptable to mark a product up when you're bringing it to the marketplace. And this is a product. It's a product. That's right. So I, I personally, I, I've, I have the viewpoint that value is determined at the point of sale and right. the, the exchange that happens. You can value something at whatever you want, but it's the two individuals who trade it who actually determine what the value really is. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm under no obligation to reveal to uh, my, you know, the customer all of the details about the insides of how the Liberty Dollar process works. I mean, there's no obligation there. I just offer them an ounce of silver as change, and if they want to take it, they can take it. If they want the FRNs, they can take that too. And needless to say, individuals who might have gotten a Liberty Dollar in the past and maybe whatever they were shortchanged, if they're still holding on to that dollar now, they've made money. Okay, because the price no of silver since then, you, know, you bought them at nine or, or eight dollars a nine bucks a pop, yeah, right. So now it's what thirty four, thirty something, 30 something yeah. you know. So as Ben says, right. you know, maybe maybe some people might have had that option to be sort of. Um, 
I, I wouldn't say fraudulently given these these, but just they're they're confused about it. They don't they're not fully informed. I suppose someone could get really upset about you know oh my god my fifty cents. I didn't get my 50 cents back out of that tra- transaction, but you did get a, an ounce of silver back. Right. You know, again, he's getting all upset about it not being the the same value in FRNs as what was paid for it. And sorry, that just doesn't really fly with me. 855-453. But he does have a question about the, the transition price and how the Liberty dollar would have to step up in value at a certain point. So it started at $10 an ounce, but obviously once silver goes over $10 an ounce then it's not worth $10 an ounce anymore. It's going to have to be worth something else. And so they bumped it up to 20 and that created some problems, some legitimate problems. And uh, Ben's going to touch on that in a moment here. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It was not the perfect alternative currency, but it was the only The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat, not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran, as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a car or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved for $1,000 and a commitment as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free number 855-453. Certainly, you're welcome to share your thoughts on the Liberty Dollar. Uh, The suggestion from our emailer here is that it was fraudulent. Do you agree? 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And JJ. And we invite you over to our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have there for you. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com features, including the bulletin board system. You can uh, find show notes there, as well as all kinds of discussions with other Free Talk Live listeners. And it's free, like everything else on our website, bbs.freetalklive.com. You know, since we're talking about alternative currencies like the Liberty Dollar, it behooves us to discuss an alternative currency that is impossible for the federal government to stop. And I believe that because the Bitcoin is completely decentralized. Problem with the Liberty Dollar, and it had had its share of problems, Uh, one of the biggest problems was the fact that it was incredibly vulnerable to federal intervention. Meaning, if the feds wanted to, and they did, the feds went to the Liberty Dollar offices, and they raided them, and they went to the vault, the, uh, the mint, where a lot of the Liberty Dollars were being stored, and they let them right in, uh, and they took all of the all of the money. They took all of the gold and silver, and they still have it. And Bernard von Nothaus hopes he's hoping he can somehow get it back for people. I think he's uh, I think he's probably not going to be very successful at that. But all that said, he's trying to get the uh, the money back. But they took it all because it was all in one place. It's easy for them to do that. They're a gang. They're a criminal gang, and uh, people are afraid of them. They're going to go in, and they're going to put, put guns to people's heads, and they're going to get exactly what they want. And the Bitcoin doesn't suffer from that problem. It's completely decentralized. It doesn't exist in any one place. It exists in millions of places because the Bitcoin is essentially a peer-to-peer currency. There's no government who's in charge. There's no government who issues it. There's no corporation in charge. No corporation issues it. It's an open-source, peer-to-peer currency. And that means that it can't be counterfeited. It can't be inflated. It's, uh, it's the first one in the world. It started out back in, I think, around 2008. It's become far more popular today. It allows people to transact things on the Internet without going through any of the gatekeepers. You don't have to have a bank account. 
You don't have to have a credit card. You don't have to have good credit. You don't have to go through a corporation. You don't have to do any of those things. You just download the Bitcoin client and you join the network and then you can accept and send Bitcoins. It's that simple. And it's basically digital cash for the Internet. MemoryDealers.com is also offering physical Bitcoins you can hold in your hands, which make for interesting conversation starters, which was kind of the original purpose behind the Liberty Dollar was to start people talking about alternative currencies. And now you can do that with the Bitcoin through MemoryDealers.com. That's MemoryDealers.com. And if you don't know much about Bitcoin, go and learn more at WeUseCoins.com. We That's WeUseCoins.com. It's fascinating currency, and we accept them here at Free Talk Live. You can go to Bitcoin.FreeTalkLive.com to send in a, a Bitcoin into our tip jar, or more than one if you'd like, although they're worth six bucks a piece right now. And They've been as high as 30 and been as low as less than a buck a piece. So it's uh, it's a whole new world uh, out there with the Bitcoin. Again, we use coins.com to learn more about it. All right, so uh, we're, we're reading an email here from a listener who's got some, some some concerns. I guess he read a Lou Rockwell piece with a lot of critique about the Liberty Dollar. And the night we had uh, Bernard von Nothaus on, after updating on his legal situation where he's facing 22 years in prison for making an alternative currency in this country that competed with the federal government, that's why they came after him. Uh, we, you know, I outlined some of the critiques of the Liberty Dollar, some valid critiques of the Liberty Dollar, critiques that, you know, even I was concerned with as someone who was operating as a Liberty Dollar associate in the past. Uh, but what I understood was that there was nothing else out there. You know, for all the people that had critiques of the Liberty Dollar, zero of those people started their own alternative currency. So it's always easier to bring down somebody else. It's always easier to be the critic than it is to be the doer who actually does something else. Well, some would say it's easier to be the academic than the activist. No doubt about it. You can sit in your ivory academic tower and study all your books and write all your papers. But what the hell good does that really do in the long run? When people are, if you're not willing to stand up for what you believe in. Right. Bernard von Nothaus put his life, his career on the line simply to get the word out about... This currency. It doesn't seem as though it was a very uh, wealth-generating thing for him in that he had to ask for help with paying his legal bills. So it's not like Bernard von Nothaus was out there living large in a big mansion, driving around in limos because of this. I don't know if you had a chance to meet him that one year at the Liberty Forum. I, I met but, him briefly, yes. Yeah. He, you know, he doesn't strike you as... Uh, you know, real wealth-flashing kind of No, he doesn't strike dude. me as a wealthy man right. who's just flaunting money. No. I mean, that's not to say he's not socking it all away in some foreign bank account or something like that. But, uh, you know, he did this and took a serious risk, and he did it and introduced a whole lot of people to the idea of alternative currency. But yet some guy on LouRockwell.com decides he's going to take him down uh, with his article and, and, you know, critique him left and right, which is fine. Cr- critique is fine, but to suggest that it's wrong to market a product at a price that's slightly higher than what you paid for it, and not tell everybody that that's what you're doing? You know, when you walk into the store and you buy a product off the shelf, do you have to be, does it have to be explained that they, the business owner didn't pay as much for the bottle of Coca-Cola as you are as the customer? I think it's, I think it's not, not only does it not be, need to be explained, but it's, it's supposed to be common knowledge that they yep. make money off of this sale. Right. That's why they're in business. That's why they are able to open the doors and let you buy their products because they make money. So that was the first critique in this email here, and it's it's really weak. But the second one's a really good critique. He says, now I can he says I can kind of get at the boundaries, but the reminting thing bothers me the most. Perhaps you can shed some light on the ten to twenty dollar transition. Did this happen when the spot price of silver crossed somewhere close to ten dollars? If merchants were returning coins with eleven dollars FRN of silver rather than a twenty dollar FRN bill, that in my 
my mind, is very problematic. When that occurred, did the price of Liberty dollars that Nothouse would sell to associates spike closer to 20? I'm curious who actually got most of the spread when coins were reissued with a higher face value. So what he's referring to is the the fact that they put this uh, MSRP on the coin uh, or on the Liberty dollar. And that was one of the real problems with the Liberty dollar was because it meant that you had to remint the thing if you wanted to have a new MSRP. So when the price of silver crossed a certain 30-day moving average, and I don't remember what it was. I think it was I think it was 15 bucks, but I don't remember. It's been a decade. And so they would then coin new or they would mint new Liberty dollars with a $20 value printed on them instead of 10. Because if the price of silver is $15 and you come to somebody with a an ounce of silver that says $10 on it, why are they going to give you 15 for it? It says it says $10. I don't want to give you 15 for it. Then you have to explain to them, well, the price of silver went up and you know this is an old coin and so therefore it's worth more now. I mean, it could be explained, but it makes it difficult. I think I think the idea of putting a dollar amount on it, it's, it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, I don't like associating it with the fiat currency of the United States because obviously that's a flawed system. Right. But on the other hand, it does make it an easy way to communicate to to say that quickly, I, yes, yeah. very quickly, I can give you a, a, a three coins in my hand. They each have a dollar amount. You can add that up, and we can get some idea of what kind of value there is. It might not be the exact value because silver's price fluctuates based on how far the dollar is going to crash, which it will. But in the end, I think communication is very important in sales. If you can't communicate right. how much you want for something or how much you can give for something, you can't really buy it. In many it, cases. Right. And the idea behind the Liberty Dollar was as a communicative tool, as an idea to get ideas out. And so that's why it wasn't wasn't just another ounce of silver. You can get ounces of silver anywhere, but sure. this was an ounce of silver, you know, with a website, a phone number, it had a suggested MSRP, etc. So I think it was problematic, this whole uh, you know, jump up to twenty dollars thing because of some of the things that Ben was talking about. And it was one of the big faults of the Liberty Dollar, but nobody ever jumped in to compete with them. So, what else are you going to do? I guess you're just going to complain. It's free talk. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck. At crossbreedholsters.com. Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. Talk live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free number 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. The webcam is one of the features. You can go watch, listen, and interact. The chat room is built into the same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. Cam freetalklive.com like the rest of the stuff on our site it's totally free now then vaporsmiths.com is where you can go to learn more about the e-cigarette that is taking 
the at least from what I've seen the activist community by storm. There's a whole lot of people up here that have uh, decided to grab onto the e-cigarette from BaferSmiths.com because, well, it seems like it's a no-brainer to me. I don't smoke cigarettes, but uh, I I've actually tried the VaporSmiths and I like them. I think they're uh, incredible. It's an incredible product. It's well built. It's one of the highest quality uh, e-cigarettes you can get in the marketplace today, and it's free when you buy 40 cartomizers. Now, you get the free standard starter kit, which actually includes two e-cigarettes. So you've always got one of them that you can have charged. So if one of them, you know, you lose it, it they run on batteries. So one loses its charge, you switch to the other one, you plug the, the first one on the charger, and you've always got one that's, uh, that's charged up for you. The benefits are immediate of using Vapor Smiths. Immediately, you're going to smell better because you don't have smoke to deal with anymore. It's not going to permeate your uh, car seats. It's not going to permeate your house. It's not going to permeate your clothing. Well, yeah, I, I was wearing my sweater yesterday, and I, I was, as a smoker, I couldn't, I couldn't like lie lie on the bed and wear my sweater, this this hoodie, at the same time because all I could smell was cigarette smoke. And yeah. it was just disgusting. I was like, oh, time to wash. The Vapor Smiths can change that for you. And not only that, it's going to be healthier for you as well. The uh, You don't deal with the secondhand smoke objections. There's no smoke. It's vapor. It doesn't smell anything like cigarette smoke. It's pleasant. In fact, some of them, uh, some of them, there are some cigarette flavors as far as like camel. There's like kind of like a camel-like flavor, a Marlboro-like flavor. Uh, but there's also cherry and vanilla and uh, menthol and some other really tasty flavors uh, as well. And so you can get whatever works best for you. But if you order 40 cartomizers or more, and a cartomizer is the equivalent of a pack of cigarettes, use coupon code FTL and you'll get that free standard starter kit. So Plus, you'll get free shipping on orders over 60 bucks. So go to Vaporsmiths.com. Get hooked up with the e-cigarette from Vaporsmiths. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. 855-2-GET-VAPOR is their number. And that's Vaporsmiths.com. Use coupon code FTL and get your free starter kit with purchase of 40 cartomizers or more. As uh, we continue here, we're talking about the Liberty Dollar. And then still to come here, the motion picture industry, a little bit of history uh, that JJ is going to share with us. Interesting stuff coming there. Uh, but the critique, there's a critique here in an email from Ben, and it's a good critique. Uh, he's talking about the, the dollar price that was listed on the Liberty dollar. Now, the Liberty dollar was the most popular alternative currency in the United States a decade ago. And it was several years ago that uh, the Liberty Dollar organization was raided by the feds. The man who started it, Bernard von Nothaus, we've had him on the show a number of times, and he is facing 22 years in prison for basically competing with the Federal Reserve. And his open reason for doing this, he formed an organization called NORFED, the National Organization for the, I think, Reform of the Federal Reserve or the Removal of the Federal Reserve. He wanted to get rid of the Federal Reserve. It was his goal was to compete it out of business by creating something better, by creating this Liberty Dollar. And it was a brilliant currency, had all kinds of great uh, anti-counterfeiting features in it, and actually also had a very pretty, uh, you know, polished-looking silver piece. It was very impressive. When you took it out to a, a retailer and you tried to pay with something with it, you're usually going to get some some really interesting comments from people like, wow, what's that? Because it's big, it's shiny, it feels like it's a real and uh, there's coin. intrinsic value. Yes, and you can tell something's valuable about it just by looking at it. It feels heavy, right? It has weight to it, uh, so you'd drop it in someone's hand, and they'd realize this is not your average uh, government coin. In fact, it wasn't a government coin. And anyway, he's facing 22 years in prison, and so people, kind of after the fact, are remarking that well, maybe he could have done things differently. Well, maybe he could have. 
Or maybe you could have. Maybe you, the critics, could have gone out there and created a better alternative currency. But no, it's a lot easier to write essays over at lewrockwell.com and uh, complain about things. But that said, there are some valid critiques. And the the most valid critique, in my mind, is the idea that the coin had a uh, the, the the piece, the silver piece, had a suggested retail value on it, and that made things difficult when the price of silver inevitably it's going to go up. So the price of silver did go up eventually, and they had to increase the value on the Liberty Dollar, which meant that if you had the old Liberty Dollars, you had to re you had to send them in to get them reminted, which cost money. And then, of course, they raised the price on the Liberty Dollar. And Ben's question is here that when silver went over a certain level, you know, at what level did the price of the Liberty Dollar jump to? How much of a spread was there between what the person who was the, the marketer of the do- Liberty Dollar was paying for the coin and what they were actually marketing at, uh, marketing it at? And there was a bit of a spread for a little while, which made me uncomfortable as somebody who was a Liberty Dollar associate. I didn't feel right buying something at, say, $15. Again, I don't remember what all the numbers were and at what times. It's been too long. But let's just say it was $15 cost of silver or, you know, or like the cost of silver would have been like 15 And then, of course, it costs the Liberty Dollar money to turn silver, raw silver, into dollars. So the actual cost of the Liberty Dollar was always higher than the cost of silver for that reason. So maybe you're looking at 16 or $17 for the, for the Liberty Dollar because you have to pay for the, the minting. You have to pay for the marketing. You have to pay for the Liberty Dollar organization somebody to sit there and answer the phones that right. sort of thing so there was costs involved there and uh, but let's just say it was uh, you know 16 bucks and the actual uh, cost on the coin was 20 dollars you know when the spread got a little large is when i got uncomfortable with with marketing it as a 20 dollar piece i i was less than likely to market the coin at that point i was more likely to take them and put them in a in a safe and wait until it got closer to $20. Right, it wouldn't be as big of a deal to market a $20 coin that cost $19 than a $20 coin that cost 15 It didn't feel as right to me. Sure, and I'm sure there's a lot of individual vendors who went through that same sort of scenario that you went through, or merchants, that they decided, well, you know, it's not, it's not where I want it to be, and I can't, because it'll take too much explanation for the customer, right. and I'll have that time when I make the sale, so I'm just going to hold on to it. And eventually it became worth twenty dollars sure in did. silver, and now it's worth far more than twenty dollars in silver. So, as far as I'm concerned, when you have a silver-backed or a gold-backed currency, um, I mean, I don't don't put a dollar sign on it. But even if you did, it's probably gonna that dollar sign is probably gonna be eclipsed by the value of the currency pending the the coming dollar crash. So. Right. And actually, the, it turned out that the dollar sign was one of the problems where the government was easily able to come after them because it made it so the government could say, well, see, you put a dollar sign on it. And we own that. We own the dollar sign. So therefore, you can't use that. So yeah. that was one of their points in, yeah. in claiming that it was counterfeit, which, of course, is nonsense. It's clearly not counterfeit. All you have to do is look at it right. uh, and see you know, how many dollars, how many coins from the government have a website or a phone number on them. Well, None of them. It also smacks of sort of the IP issue, the intellectual property, whereas, like you said, the United States government believes they own the dollar sign and anything yeah. that, that you put a dollar sign on. So it's sort of an IP thing. Well, you can't use my trademark. Well, I'm not using a trademark. I'm trying to communicate. Well, that's too bad. It's counterfeiting. Not only that, they claim that they own the, the claim they own the, the, the term coin. They own the term coin. Right. So when, when, you got, when you got into the Liberty Dollar, you'd get some instructions from the Liberty Dollar people. And one of the things they said in there was, do not call this a coin. Wow. Because the government will come after you. <laughs> it's crazy. That, that is crazy. So, uh, so yeah, things could have been better with the Liberty Dollar. It wasn't perfect. But even Bernard von Nothaus himself would tell people, hey, compete with me. 
Bring something else to the marketplace. Let's get multiple competing currencies. He didn't want to be the only guy in the market with a competing currency you for know, the feds. Funny story is when I first came here to New Hampshire, like my my first three months here, David, uh, a local activist, David Krauss, uh, his uh, mm-hmm. very uh, heroic activist when it comes to standing up for what he believes. He's one of my inspirations. And uh, he came up with this idea of a paper-backed currency. And, uh, paper back Yes, currency. I'll have to go into it, but right, yeah, let's I actually talk about explored that. that a little bit. All right, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at, again, 855-450-FREE. Also, still to come, we'll talk more about the beginnings of the motion picture industry. JJ is going to dig into that a little bit, and you might be surprised about what you hear. 855-450-FREE. You take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And JJ. I want to invite you over to the website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this show, well, you can shop with us. We've got a page set up to help you do that. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find links to Amazon. Different Amazons for different parts of the, the world. You click into the right Amazon for you, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase. So you know Amazon. They've got great prices, free super saver shipping, and a whole lot of their items. They even sell used items through Amazon these days. Uh, you can go and buy whatever it is you're looking for for the most part. It's, it's hard to come up with categories of products that they don't sell at Amazon. So go to shop.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done because everything you buy through shop.freetalklive.com through the Amazon links there helps Free Talk Live. So once again, shop.freetalklive.com. However, if you're looking for audio books, I would suggest you get them for free. Get one of them for free at least over at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Because why would you want to pay for them if you don't have to? Uh, all that said, once you get involved with audio with the audiobooks, you probably want more than one, and eventually you'll find that they're very affordable. Uh, AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL is where you can go to get a free gold membership and grab a free audiobook or some other form of audio information or entertainment because it's not just books that they have there. But within the books category, they've got pretty much whatever you might be looking for, everything from classics to new releases and whatever's in between. Uh, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL and get your first audiobook free. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. As we continue here, tell me briefly, JJ, about this paper-backed currency idea. What's that all about? Sure. Uh, initially, the idea was to create a currency in which anybody could counterfeit. It, it's a strange idea, albeit. Hmm. But the idea is this. You, you create this paper currency, and it's got some fancy ink on it, and it has fancy paper, and the value of that currency is derived from what it costs to print it. So the, the paper, the ink. And so two cents. Two cents, yeah. Two cents, five cents, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if, if it's really fancy. I thought maybe it could be made more fancy by putting a holographic image on it, one of those stickers sort of right. things. And then that might raise it up to as much as 25 cents, depending on how expensive or affordable it is. 
But the idea is to decentralize the actual creation of the currency and to have some sort of, um, I guess, change. Like you could trade in silver rounds and this paperback, and between the silver round and the paperback, you could make change for someone. Let's right, because it's hard to make change out of an ounce of silver. Exactly, unless you have 10th ounce pieces or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for you to, to, let's say someone buys a $5.59 item, and they give you a silver round, which is worth $34. Right, what do it's, you do then? Yeah, it's difficult, so unless you do a But what are you going to do, give them a stack of paper? I yeah. Mean, that's, that's got some see, problems. That, that is the downside, is yeah. that a paperback currency would require a lot of papers <laughs> in order to actually make any sort of meaningful exchanges. Right. But it was something I explored, uh, I, I thought through it a lot, and, and sort of tried to come up with a solution but in the in the end I, I kind of abandoned the idea just because it would you would require a, a basically a wheelbarrow of, of papers yeah that's how it is in zimbabwe and it's not real real cool it, right and, and then the price of it would actually go up the, the value of it would go up you know you wouldn't actually put a, a price on it other than one unit you, mm. you would assign just a unit price to it and then the price would go up as it costed more to... Well, plus someone would have to be able to assess the value of it too, right? Like somebody looking at it as a vendor, for instance, selling you a product would have to somehow be able to accurately assess the value of the piece of paper. That's true, but if a piece of paper is usually valued at around 5 to 10 cents, it's not, you know, not going to be a hard, hard value to assess. So, oh, well, this is worth 5 cents? Well, yeah, I can see that. You know, Maybe. It, you know, it depends... I, it's, no, it's worth ten. It's got a holograph on it. Right, right. So it was, it was something I thought about, and just sort of, it was kind of tongue in cheek, to be honest with you. A paper-backed currency, yeah. <laughs> where you know it's not backed by anything by other than the costs of producing it. It's, it's fun to think about other alternatives, and sometimes it doesn't go any, anywhere besides thinking about. Yeah, it. I, I just couldn't make it happen. And some people have tried to do some alternative currencies up here thus far in uh, in the Shire, here in New Hampshire, the Free State Project participants, and some have been more popular than others. Some have kind of stalled right out the gate, and nothing has really kind of caught on. The real, the real alternative success stories have just been generally silver and gold. So, like, not one particular method of distributing silver and gold, but just generally silver and gold is pretty popular among the the folks in the underground, so to speak, uh, the people offering black market or or gray market services, or or even products just simply not being sold above, uh, you know, through the governmental approval system. Uh, silver and gold are pretty popular around uh, in general. I think Bitcoin's probably coming. It's probably upcoming as far as its popularity is is concerned. People are more likely to take Bitcoin because it's more established than say some newbie coming into the market with his uh, you know brand new currency saying hey take my alternative currency i mean there's always that that first uh first curve if you will that first steep uh i guess cliff that you kind of have to climb as as being a brand new currency to sure. get people to accept your currency and, and get people to look at it as as a serious product and one that other people are going to be interested in and i can say that uh that thus far i haven't been too interested just besides curiosity in a lot of these uh, alternative currencies. Well, I, I personally, you know, silver and gold, it's something tangible you can hold in your hand, you can bury it in the backyard, you can hold on to it, and it's right. going gonna to retain its value. It's going to be something that you can trade with in the future. And it's so it's a good reserve currency as far as I'm concerned. 
as far as trading it, well, it's easy to trade in person, but once you get to the internet, that's where the complications arise. And, and that's Bitcoin where, solves that problem. And that's exactly right, where I think Bitcoin comes in. And if between using Bitcoin, silver, and gold rounds, I think you have a pretty good uh, good one-two basket. punch. Sorta. Yeah, a good yeah. basket of, of currencies. So, well, let's go to you and your thoughts. Uh, you can bring up whatever you want here. Let's talk to uh, Drew listening in Iowa. Drew, you're on Free Talk Live at the Inn and JJ. Hey, Ian, JJ, thanks for taking my call, guys. Sure, I really true. appreciate it. What's on your mind tonight? Um, all right, well, new listener, and um, I was referred to by a, uh, a fellow Iowan that I caucus with, and we, we you know, we met through the, the Ron Paul movement. And, and uh, I sense a little bit of his, I don't know if hostility is the right word, towards BlueRockwell.com, and, and I've noticed it since I've uh, been list- started listening to you guys. I don't know why Just you would recently. sense hostility toward Lou Rockwell. Well, based on your comments earlier, and, and Ian, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, but I know you advertise with Lou. So I'm advertising there right now. Yeah, you obviously care and you like Lou Rockwell. I like what he Lou Rockwell. He seems like a nice guy. He that sat here in the studio with yeah, us. It doesn't mean no, that. Well, hold on one second. It, one second, one second, one second, one second. It doesn't mean that we agree with every article ever written at Lou Rockwell, and we can right. certainly take exception with certain articles and not decry the entire website or, or Lou Rockwell himself. Well, no, it, I, I just, uh, to be more um, objective, I suppose, is, you know, how they don't solve problems. They're not talking about solutions as opposed to what you guys mentioned tonight, if I remember correctly. Okay. They're, they're just identifying problems. True. That's a general, I think that's a general critique of uh, LouRockwell.com. Sure, it's sure, it's more of sure. a site of, uh, of academics. It's more of a site of uh, people with ideas. People are a lot smarter than myself. I mean, There's some but, brilliant folks writing on LouRockwell.com, and and uh, I think that's. I would, ju- I would just say the links and, and and the the information given alone is uh, is enough for you know an individual, a free minded individual, to um, to decide for themselves what solution is right and fitted for them. And I yield to you guys. Thank you very well, much. Well, you don't have to go, but um, look. The information is certainly valuable. Obviously, look at LouRockwell.com. It's the number one liberty-oriented website out there. I mean, it beats Free Talk Live by a mile. Uh, so clearly, people value what they find on LouRockwell.com because information is valuable, and you can take that information, you can turn it into two ideas. And But it's also valuable if you've got a mouthpiece like LouRockwell.com. If you have solutions, use it. Uh, use it to promote those solutions. And I don't really see too many people promoting solutions on there very often. Now and then you'll you'll see something pop up here and there. But usually it's just more of an assessment of what's wrong. And, and it's okay to assess what's wrong. But if you, if you don't give people the, the ideas uh, that they can – because people aren't going to come up necessarily with the best solutions on their own. A lot of times they're going to come up with the same old things that people have always come up with. We need to elect new people uh, or, you know, we need to have a free state project where I live right. or what, whatever. And uh, no, don't don't do that. We've tried those things. They, they don't work. So let's let's start from a new a new position and get some new ideas out there for people to, to take a hold of and, and run with. My only thing uh, with with Lou uh, is more his blog, I suppose, the Lou, the blog at LouRockwell dot com, and and I just think that it seems that the posters at the blog, and I understand that that libertarians are on the short stick of things as far as the politics game is concerned, but they they do seem to be very snarky in their comments and 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 just angry when and and maybe rightly so. That's where you are when you're alone. You're going to get angry. I used to be That's- like that. I have this conversation every day with um, a friend of mine who I'm proud to say I brought 
sort of into the uh, libertarian-minded side of things. You no, know, we, we work in a, a union shop where if you don't vote for the guy with the next to their name, then you are just wrong, right? Drew, I'd so, love to hear more about your conversation. You can stick with us here, and we'll bring you back in hour number three. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. 855-450-3733. Hour three is next. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Take control of these airwaves. Here it's Ian with you. And JJ. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features. Coming up uh, this hour, we get a chance. JJ's going to tell us about the beginnings of the motion picture business and what it had to do with copyright. You might be surprised. I know I was. 855-450-FREE. Let's talk first, though, to Drew. He stuck with us here through the uh, the news there. Uh, Drew, you're relatively new to the show. You were telling us a story about a co-worker uh, with whom you were having a conversation at uh, it's a union so- shop of some sort. So go ahead and start that conversation. Go ahead and start from that uh, the beginning because we've got some new listeners right. tuning in. Right. Well, what I was saying was, you know, we, uh, we work at a, a union shop and for a, a pretty prestigious company nationwide. And you can imagine that, you know, if you don't vote for the guy with the D next to their name, you're wrong, you know. And, and that's all the more thought that's put into it. And when, and when people are so confident about their beliefs, and that's all that it consists of, it's hard not to just, you know, become crazed a little bit. It just eats at you. Like, these people, everybody around me is not thinking. Nope. And... And, and, and I, I suppose that on a more, a larger level, LouRockwell.com probably equates to that as well. I mean, their, their, their traffic is, is just massive. And, you know, they're, they're still considered fringe and, and what have you. So, I don't know if I'm making sense. You aren't really. I'm, I'm a little confused. JJ, are you following? It, basically, you're saying that if you disagree with a conventional standard, you're looked on as crazy or fringe? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and Lou Rockwell, perhaps they're so far along that with as much traffic as they have, that that's all they're doing is just identifying the problems of the people that are against them. Well, I, I tend to believe that they don't have solutions. I mean, if you have a solution, give it. If you know, it's it's easy to find problems, and I'm not finding fault with finding problems. We do it every night on Free Talk Live. I mean, we talk about all kinds of problems. 
But we also talk about what I consider to be the best solution, which is to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and join together with other like-minded people. I mean, can you imagine if you had the, the people of LouRockwell.com, the brilliant authors and, uh, and people that are pl- posting that blog, if they all decided to make the move to New Hampshire and you know come and testify at state house hearings and, and uh, run for office and do civil disobedience and create their media here? I mean, imagine uh, the, what, what that could do. That would be that would be great. That would be awesome. But I mean, you know, what happened to the entire southern half of the nation in eighteen, you know, eighteen sixty, eighteen sixty one? I mean, the entire southern half of the nation was surrounded. I mean, or at least being attacked on a large scale. What good is a small state like New Hampshire going to do if the entire nation turns against? So you believe that the entire country would turn against New Hampshire if New Hampshire were to secede, say, from the, the U.S.? Well, I would certainly hope not, but the historical precedent shows that it's possible. Well, well, it seems to me that people still, even though you know they may have their feelings about what goes on in New Hampshire, but you know people still buy Chinese products and people still buy products from Pakistan and India and other places, Thailand and even Vietnam. Uh, lots of products come from come from other places to this country, and people buy them, and they do business with those folks. So I would imagine that uh, most people would have, you know, they, there's a chance they'll have family or friends living in New Hampshire, and uh, that they'll still be interested in talking to them and doing business with them, regardless of how they feel about their particular political viewpoint. And in addition to that, a uh, national poll recently found that over 20% of Americans right now, today, support secession. So it's not an unpopular idea at all. I think also... You, 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 yeah, no no worries. I, I think also factoring in that communication has changed drastically since the time of the Civil War and that a lot of the people who went to war during the Civil War time didn't really even know what was going on. Yeah. They were just fulfilling their duty that they had agreed to to fulfill as a militia member or what. My country has sent me, I must go. Right. They they didn't they could they could have not known that for some of them they didn't know it was over the taxation issues or that sort of stuff or the financial issues or the tariffs, that sort of stuff. Sure. So Nowadays, though, I think we have the ability to communicate very easily and effectively across a broad spectrum and to reach individuals on a moment's notice and inform them of what's going on. I, I think it's, it's much more unlikely that that sort of scenario would unfold in these times. Well, you certainly understand my concern, though, is being prescriptive to your ideas, correct? Sure, I understand what you're saying, that, that you're concerned that if this does happen, that all these liberty-minded individuals move here, that it will cause some sort of issue for the federal structure. And I can certainly believe that, but at the same time, the you know the individuals who move here are... Are are usually activists. They're they're people who get stuff done. They 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 take a, an active stance instead of more of a passive or a research type role. Well, and they took the initial step to move there in the first place. Exactly. That exactly. That's that's right. And so what we have is is the, the people that I frequent, my circle of friends, if you will, is is a lot of people who. We don't we don't really talk about ideas like uh, and theorize as much as we talk about what actions we're going to do and what plans are in the works and what projects are in the works. We're more focused here on actually solutions and action, basically those two things. You know, all that aside, uh, what I'm hearing from you, Drew, and I'm sure this isn't an uncommon critique. What I'm hearing from you is, well, maybe we shouldn't do anything because people might think things about it. I'm certainly not. 
not uh, you know condoning non-action. I'm just or or being a part of what have you the fray or unconventional ideas. I'm just simply saying that there are a lot of people out there, and I don't have to tell you this, Ian, that just don't think. They absolutely don't think. They yeah. just they just follow the line. And well, the good news is, the, here's the good news. It's true. You're describing what some might call sheeple, people that just kind of go along to get along. They just want to live their life and not be, you know, be bothered. And I have, res- you know, respect for people who just want to live their lives and not be bothered. I get that. I wish I could be that in the dark. Uh, personally, there's some there's some value to that. Uh, but ultimately, the sheeple will come along with us one of one of these days. Because if they're just going along to get along, if they're just going along with what's popular... All our challenges is to make liberty popular, and then all of a sudden the sheeple will be on our side. Right, and, and at the same time, I think we also understand that by moving here, by being dissidents against the, the tyrannical federal government, we're already marking ourselves as targets. And, and to speak out, especially here on this local level, and to take a stand, with, uh, especially with the police officers that we interact with. You know, let's get right to the root. You know, when we're out there challenging what a police officer is doing or going into a council meeting and challenging what the council is doing or or into a courtroom and challenging what the judge is doing, you know, that that definitely comes with certain, I guess, punishments that that the system is going to hand out. And individuals who take part in those actions are fully aware of what could happen. Yeah, and there's always going to be critics. There's always going to be naysayers. Uh, there's always going to be people who have something nasty to say, and that's fine. It's okay. Uh, I, you don't. You just can't worry about that stuff uh, getting into this. And if somebody wants to shun New Hampshire, if someone wants to shun doing business with New Hampshire, okay, well, whatever. There's nothing that we can do about that. Uh, we can just be as free as we can be, and hopefully we'll inspire others to join us, and then hopefully we'll also inspire others around the world to look at New Hampshire and eventually, which hopefully will become the freest place in the world, uh, to look at New Hampshire and say, wow, they're doing something right there. Let's, let's try to well, emulate that. May I pose you guys a question? Sure. Real quick, then. Um, I'm a little bit familiar with Dennis Steele, right? The state over, transfer governor in 08. Who? I believe. Dennis Steele, he's ran for governor on the uh, second Vermont Republic. Oh, yeah, the, the, the uh, secession right? guys. So there's obviously, um, the, you know, in the Northeast, a lot of liberty-minded people. Over the past, when did the Free State project again it was a decade ago or so correct that's correct yep you know what what progress have you guys made i'm not challenging you guys at all i just you know what progress have you made oh hundreds of people have made the move to new hampshire thus far as part of the free state project a dozen plus have already been elected within the last election season to state rep which is more success than the libertarian party has had in 40 years uh sure. there's been uh, massive amounts of civil disobedience that have gotten incredible press attention with lots of people coming here as a result of that and there are over eleven thousand people that have pledged to come so more are moving all the time i thank you drew for the call tonight hey, you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that more coming up free talk live dvd books music instruments periodicals computers software electronics photo cell phone office products home and garden bed and bath furniture kitchen pet supplies automotive hardware apparel shoes jewelry grocery healthcare, sports and outdoors toys games used and more it's a department store at your fingertips shop.freetalklive.com get all your shopping done get a great deal and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit free talk live when you enter amazon via shop.freetalklive.com
Talk Live. Take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you features there free, so enjoy those. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one of them. You can go and see the lady listeners, many of them who have sent their photo or video into the show to prove that they are listeners of the show, over at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight on the air, it's Ian. And JJ. Uh, So we're going to get right back into your calls here in a moment. Uh, Just want to continue to let you know that SACL CAI, Jason Osborne, is awesome. Awesome. He's behind the show. And we were just talking with a gentleman who asked the question, well, what have you, what kind of successes have you had thus far in New Hampshire, the Free State Project? Well, we got Jason Osborne to move. Uh, That alone is a pretty big deal because he is a big deal. And he's a huge supporter of liberty media and liberty activism. And he's great. In fact, uh, his wife, Sharon, and he are going to be organizing this year's Porcupine Freedom Festival. And if you've ever been to a party that Jason Osborne throws, you know it's going to be awesome. So, uh, that's another success story for the Free State Project is having uh, the Osbournes here because they're great. Uh, but generally, there are a few other things that I think you wanted to add to the question of what were what are some of the successes of the Free State Project. The question was asked by someone who's relatively new to this movement or at least these ideas and uh, this kind of wing of the liberty movement. So what would you say to that, JJ? I would add the, uh, the thriving underground marketplace or the agora, if you will. I think that is definitely a large aspect of the successes here because of all these individuals and their belief in, in, in simply voluntary interactions, we, we do have a good agora. We have a, a large support network for everything from health to being arrested to um, I, need, I need a ride to work today. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a very strong, strongly knit community of people who all value these, this, this very simple premise of not, not initiating force against uh, others. So it's those two things I think are are critically important to people feeling like they can come here and and meld into this and not feel like well my family's a thousand miles away. Yeah, you've got a, an activist family, a, a liberty family, basically a, a chosen, voluntary family, a voluntary family. People you've chosen to uh, to be to be part of your family to help to help make more freedom in our lifetime. And I think one of the real successes is to just simply have those people nearby, to have people who love liberty in your life. I mean, down in Florida, where I come from, I uh, was born on the west coast of Florida and lived 26 years of my life there. I got involved in the liberty world down there, and there just wasn't much to it. Uh, most of the things that were being done, I was starting. Most of the things that were uh, were happening, I was the creator of them. I was the funder of them. I was the organizer of them. And po- possibly the only one to show up. In some cases, it was almost that bad, yeah. Or I would have you know people volunteer to supposedly help, and they would bail out, or they would you know not even call to let me know they weren't going to come. Now, to be sa- to be fair, some people did show up and they did help, but ultimately it never really panned out into anything. The movement never grew into anything. The whole time I was involved, which was several years, it was always this pretty much the same. Like now and then, one new guy would show up and one old guy would go away, and like there really wasn't any growth whatsoever. And then, of course, the Free State Project came along, and I saw that and I thought, wow, this is a no-brainer. I mean, I, I to be around other activists, to have people who would be like me, hopefully, coming to the same place, people who love liberty and are willing to do something about it, to come to the same place to do things. Wow, that seems like 
I have to be there. And so I did what it took to come here and move my life and my business and uh, my family to New Hampshire. And I'm so glad I did. And, and I came relatively early on. You when did. There weren't very many people here at all. But even with the few core group of people that had moved in the earliest days, they were already doing more that was far more exciting to me than what was happening down in Florida. And I said, I've got to be there now. I've got to be there soon and uh, be there to help these people, help promote what they're doing. Ended up that I not only did I promote it, but I got involved with the civil disobedience myself and, and uh, you know, put my freedom on the line. And that's another win as well is having people who are willing to put their freedom on the line, do more than just talk or vote or support a political candidate, but who are actually going to say no to the police when they're told to do something, who are not going to stop, who are, who are going to keep recording with a video camera when the police demand that they shut them off. And there's a great example of, you know, you want to talk about success stories. I think that a lot of people ask that question with the, the, the idea that it has to be a political success. And I gave the examples of the political successes. We've got those. And I'm sure there are more coming down the line as more people move here and get active in politics. But I consider an interaction like what happened at the airport last week to be an incredible success as well. You can go to freekeen.com. You've got to scroll back a ways because Freekeen's so busy these days. Yep. One week will – I mean there's two pages worth of stuff there for one week. I mean it just keeps filling up and filling up. So scroll back to last Friday and – or around last Friday, shortly after last Friday. You'll find the Kelly Voluntarist visits the TSA. She took off some clothes, was walking around in the airport in just uh, red lingerie and handing out information to mostly friendly people who are very – very happy to see her. Uh, very interested in what uh, what it was that she was doing. Only a few people didn't really much care for it. But there were a couple examples of uh, of people standing up to the police in this uh, in this event. Just this one event. And the difference, the important thing to point out is that when there are multiple people standing up to the police, the police tend to back down because they're just bullies. And uh, at the at their heart, they're bullies. Now there's some cops that aren't so bully like out there, obviously. But in this case, they were bullies. And so they would say things like, get that camera out of my face. You don't have permission to record me. And, uh, you know, the response is, well, that doesn't matter because you're a public so-called servant. You're in public and we're going to continue recording you. And they couldn't really say anything to that. They, they backed down. You know, they tried to get Kelly to leave the airport. And it was pointed out to her that, uh, well, they were just asking. They didn't, they didn't order her to leave. They right. didn't threaten her with arrest if she didn't leave. So she stayed. She continued outreaching to people and wasn't arrested. Uh, whereas if she'd been alone, if she didn't have six cameras surrounding her, maybe things would have gone differently for her. Was, and, was it Damo's footage in this one? that Was it just Rupture's footage, I think? There's two. Uh, there's right. one from Rapture that kind of uh, catalogs what Kelly was up right. to, and then there's one that a demo posted at freekeen.com right. that uh, that shows a Londonderry cop threatening a demo with arrest for recording video with audio on it. Uh, he threatens him with arrest for that. But this is when Adamo was alone in one part of the airport. So Adamo did kind of back away at that point. We regrou- regrouped with us. And then when we came across that same cop, we confronted him with multiple video cameras. And he pretended like he didn't do anything. He pretended like uh, he didn't threaten Adamo and, in fact, got out of the situation as quickly as he could. Yeah. The cop just left. Yep. He didn't want to answer any questions. And he certainly didn't want to continue being on uh, video and, and being held to his feet flames uh, to the flames. Yep. Yeah, that, that was definitely a success right there. So, yeah, I mean, there's real success when you get people together who are willing to stand up against the people calling themselves the state. And not only that, we're still just getting started. I think it's really important to point out the Free State Project hasn't even completed its goal of reaching 20,000 signers yet. Right. It's this- over 11,000, which is good. 
well, we've got a ways to go. We're we're early movers at this point. And the funny thing is, there are people that'll post like comments on YouTube or on the Free Keen blog saying, "Well, if you were the free state, how come Ron Paul didn't win?" Because it's not free yet. It's go. the project, the Free State Project. There's a lot of work to be done. There's huge problems here. I mean, the crazy tyrants in the in robes telling people they can't wear their shirts uh, right side out. They're telling people they can't. They have to stand. No a, showing emotion in a courtroom. No showing emotion. I mean, there's just some ban you from the courthouse for asking questions. There's all kinds of bad things happening here. But this is the only place where the liberty movement is actively growing, where people are moving every single month to come here and to get active. Where else is that happening? Free Talk Live. BigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Thetis Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigEdPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 855-453. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian here. And JJ. Inviting you to the website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for our news updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook over at news.freetalklive.com. Of course, it's free. Let's go to Michael listening in Washington. Michael, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and JJ. Michael in Washington. Going once, Michael? Michael? Hello, Hello there. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I called in a little while ago, uh, the day I got out of jail, for um, riding my bicycle. And wasn't this on, like, a state road or something like that? No, no. It was on a college campus, just riding through the campus. Oh, okay. And why were uh, why did that happen? Well, I had my headphones in, and I guess the police officer yelled at me to come over and talk to him, and um, I didn't hear him. You know, I was riding my bicycle, wind wind mm. blowing, and headphones in my ears, yep. and didn't hear him, so I kept on riding. Catches up to me, and I had a friend with me as well, and uh, pulled us both over, um, oh. arrested us both. I, you know, chose my fifth minute right to remain silent, and he took me to jail. And what was the charge? Um, the charge was obstruction. <laughs> obstruction. Wow. What were you obstructing? So, so now I, I, I just got my summons today in the mail for um, my court date. So you're looking at a misdemeanor? Um, a gross misdemeanor. What's that mean? Um, that means the maximum penalty of one year in jail or a $5,000 fine or both. So the suggestion is that you are somehow supposed to be able to hear this cop yelling at you through the headphones you had in while you were riding your bicycle with the wind going going by your head. Yeah. And because you didn't hear him, it's obstruction of justice. Yes. So this this sounds like a class A misdemeanor. It, what what it would be here in New Hampshire, right. a year in jail or a, a penalty of more than $1000, which would indicate here in New Hampshire that you could get a jury trial. Is that the same in in yeah. Washington? Yes, that that is that is what I was talking about. I just kind of wanted some advice and 
that's what well, I, I don't, we can't give legal advice. We're not we're not attorneys, but uh, we can maybe yeah. give some suggestions. And I think JJ's yeah. onto something. Take this to a jury trial. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was that was my plan. Um, you know, um, filing to the clerk or whatever, saying that I want the trial by jury. Take it to a jury trial and get discovery as well. Remember, anybody that's going to trial, whether it's jury trial or bench trial, you have the right to file for discovery. It's a motion. You typically have to submit it to the court and the prosecutor. And uh, basically, it doesn't have to be long. You just have to say, I'm motioning for discovery or, you know, noticing that you have to provide me with discovery. You, you know, you've got your address there, and then they should send everything that they have as far as evidence against you uh, that they plan to use in the case to you. So that'll give you at least some idea of what they've got uh, going for them, which probably isn't much, I, I would imagine. Have you taken a look at the uh, the, uh, the obstruction statute? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um Willfully hinder or delay or obstruct a lot law enforcement officer in the discharge of his or her official powers. So there you go. So those are those are my suggestions. Uh, file for discovery, take it to a jury trial, and don't hire a lawyer. I don't think you need to yeah. to pay thousands of dollars to defend yourself on something like this. Yeah, it it, it sounds yeah. like a very straightforward sort of defense for. I mean, I think if you just factually state what was going on, or at least get the officer to admit certain things about what was going on, you, you could probably get off of this charge pretty easily. It sounds to me uh-huh. like it was just sort of like a pride thing. Like the officer didn't mm-hmm. like the fact that you didn't obey him, and because you didn't obey exactly. him, it's... Uh, it's Bam, a, you're it's, arrested. Yeah, yeah you're disobedient, so here's, here's some time in jail. Well, right, because he knows there's no consequence to him. The officer knows that even if after this jury trial... That you're fa- if you're found not guilty by the jury, the officer will not have any any punishment to face. He will not have to pay any sure. restitution. He will be uh, not de- not demoted. Nothing will happen to him. So why not just arrest the punk kid with the, the headphones in? Right. Yeah. There you so, go. Um, and another thing, I was looking up things online, you know, about people saying, "Oh, you should do this and do that." What about um, asking about a valid cause of action? Where did, did you hear about that? Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Um, I. I think I got it from Mark Stevens. I love what Mark Stevens does. However, it doesn't always work. Uh, I'm not saying don't try it. You know, it never hurts to ask questions. I don't think it it can hurt to ask questions. Uh, But ultimately, you know, there's a good chance that uh, you're going to try that and the judge is going to yell at you and you could face contempt of court charges uh, over it. I'm not saying don't don't try that. But it's not magic words, and even Mark Stevens will point that out if you've actually read his book, Adventures in Legal Land. He points out that his questions that he asks are designed to box a judge into a corner. And basically, once you box a wild animal into a corner, uh, there's a chance that they could lash out against you. And so he realizes that his questions can result in them taking you to a cage. It can also result in them dismissing the charges out of frustration and not wanting their their scam to be revealed in front of a courtroom. So, you know, Uh both both possibilities are present in in the Mark Stevens techniques. And and also... um well, we recommend. Uh, well, I mean, I suggest to all people who have trials is, is try to get it on video. You know, try to make uh, file if you have yeah, to for file sure. for a motion to get your camera in there. Do that, but just make sure you get it on video, and that way you can, uh, you know, if it does go to trial, because in in some cases it might these charges might just be dropped. You know, a few days before your trial, I've seen that happen yeah. a lot here in Keene. Yep. But uh, just as well, if well, you especially if I if I ask for a jury, right? I mean, they don't they don't want to take something that's small to the jury. That's ultimately the case. Now, here's a question for you about jury trials. In 
New Hampshire, and again, all the rules are different, so I'm asking if it's the same thing. In New Hampshire, you get a ben- you can have a bench trial first, and then you can go to a jury trial. So you could actually go in front of a judge without a jury in New Hampshire, and you can t- go through the whole trial process. They'll call all their witnesses. You'll call your witnesses. You cross-examine them. You go through the whole trial thing. Always the judge, almost always the judge will find you guilty. And once that happens, yeah. you can simply say, well, I'd like to appeal for a de novo trial. And de novo is Latin for uh, new, basically. So new uh-huh. for from the beginning, rather. And so then they have to start all over again. They take it up to the superior court level. They, they you know, you go through the jury selection process, and then you have another trial where they have to call all their witnesses all over again. And, uh, you know, you go through it. So basically the first trial is almost like a trial run, if you yep. will. Like it's, you get to to get all their questions, you get to get all their evidence, you get to kind of go through the whole process and see how they're going to approach it, and then you can try it a second time from the beginning de novo. So you may want to look into the the rules there, the court rules in, uh, in, in, in as far as uh, Washington, and see how things work there, see if there's anything similar uh-huh. to that. I think, we have, I think we have something kind of similar. If I plead not guilty, then uh, and I, I get found guilty, then I can't appeal. Yeah, as long as you can appeal it to a jury, that's what you want to do. Yeah. You want to take this to a jury because the judge is always going to find in favor of the state. Almost all, 99 times out of 100, the judge will find in favor of the state. Sure, they're coworkers. But the jury may find in favor of you depending on how obedient they are to the idea of the state. Yeah. And while selecting a jury, you may want to ask us uh, have a sp- custom jury questions. In some places, it's easier to do this than others. In New Hampshire, you have to submit the questions to the judge, and the judge has to approve them, which sucks. Uh, But I was surprised when the man in the robe actually did approve two out of 11 of my questions. I expected it to be zero out of 11. So you submit a bunch of questions, and then they might allow some in. And one of them was, uh, to paraphrase it, it was essentially, do you think that uh, police officers are more credible than the average person? You want to ask potential jurors questions like that to eliminate the jurors who are of the more police obedient mindset because you don't want jury yeah. you, you want to try to avoid a jury that's going to take a cop's word over some over your word so that's something else for you let us know how it goes michael yeah. and thanks for the call tonight i appreciate it 855-450-FREE is the SACL cai toll free line so i've got this story here out of uh Basically, it's it's a press release from Pirate Bay. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's that's the, the history. They've included some history of the Motion Picture Association, or the, basically how Hollywood started. I would like to know this. So, oh, we'll I guess, talk uh, about it here in moments. Eight five five four fifty three. The SACL CAI toll free line. How did Hollywood get its start, and what did it have to do with copyright at the time? We'll share that with you coming up in moments. 1-855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. From filmmaker A.I. Wintermute comes the feature-length documentary, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It chronicles the real-life activists who have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and the many ways in which they seek to live free. But he needs your help to get this important story off the ground. Visit LibertyDocumentary.com, watch the trailer, and find out how you can help bring this film to life. That's LibertyDocumentary.com. Free Talk Live, only moments remain. 
there's enough time for you and your thoughts if you dial in right now at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, you can go and enjoy the whole site. There's no charge. But if you would like to support Free Talk Live, you can do that by promoting us. Uh, there's a way to get a free bumper sticker. You can download web graphics, high-res graphics as well. Uh, somebody just emailed uh, Mark, and he forwarded it to me, and uh, they were asking about using Free Talk Live on a YouTube channel. Please take whatever you want. Use it however you want. You can download as many archives as you'd like. You can download high-res graphics. Uh, there was uh, one lady who took our high-res logo, and she made her own T-shirts out of it. I don't know if she's still doing it for uh, now, but whatever. Go ahead. Have fun with that. And if you want to use the audio from the show in your TV productions, you don't have to ask permission. Just save yourself the time and just do whatever it is you want to do. That'd be great. So, uh, again, go to freetalklive.com and uh, promote.freetalklive.com will take you to some flyers and web banners and stuff like that. Uh, By the way, preparation is a good idea, especially when it comes to disastrous situations, which you really can't predict. Uh, There is always a chance something terrible could happen around the bend. Uh, It doesn't pay to worry about those things happening because worrying is pointless. But it does pay to be prepared in the event that something does happen. You'll have some food to eat. That's helpful. WiseFoodStorage.com can help you with that. And you can call them at 855-FOOD-WISE and get yourself a free entree sample. Find out about the quality of WiseFoodStorage.com. Don't just take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. Go to WiseFoodStorage.com. You can get uh, delicious ready-made meals, cheesy lasagna, savory stroganoff, just to name a couple. And there's different types of meals. There's breakfasty types of uh, food. There's, there's obviously full, full dinners as well. And these things are really well taken care of. They're packed in individual metal mylar pouches and sealed for a 25-year shelf life. This is serious food preparation here. Uh, And they're easy to make, too. Basically, you pour uh, boiling water into the bag and let it sit. And even if you can't get boiling water, like if you're in that kind of a situation... Just water. You can just pour regular water in there. Even uh, lukewarm water or cold water is going to work. just takes a little longer for it to uh, rehydrate, basically, in that way. So it's a great product, and I think you'll find it's pretty affordable as well, especially with free shipping, which you can get with promo code FTL, like Free Talk Live. WiseFoodStorage.com, 855-FOODWISE. And it doesn't even have to be a natural disaster. It could be the loss of your job. Maybe use something you're not expecting to happen uh, where having some food supplies in the house could be very, very helpful. WiseFoodStorage.com. Get that free entree sample and then place your order because I have a feeling you're going to really like it. WiseFoodStorage.com, 855-FOODWISE. JJ, uh, the Pirate Bay has issued a press release. That's right. This press release comes from the 18th of January for the internets. Over a century ago, Thomas Edison got the patent for a device which would do for the eye what a phonograph does for the ear. He called it a kinetoscope. He was not he was he was not only amongst the first to record video, he was also the first person to own the copyright to a motion picture. Mm. Because of Edison's patents for motion pictures, it was close to financially impossible to create motion pictures in the North American East Coast. Movie studios therefore relocated to California and founded what we today call Hollywood. The reason <laughs> was mostly because there was no patent. There was also no copyright to speak of. So the studios could copy old stories and make movies out of them, like Fantasia. So wait, was this like uh, before there were states out there? Was that when they moved? I'm confused. This is from the early, well, yes, before California was fully, I guess, 
under the jurisdiction of, of yes, these legal exactly. frameworks. Yeah, before yeah, before it was part of the whole national got it. sort of it was just colonies like the old gold rush. Right. Yeah. That was that was during that sort of So these guys saw the value in making movies, but they couldn't do it legally on the East Coast. They could do it legally, but it cost far too much money for to, licensing. For licensing one of Edison's patents. Right. So basically what they did is they they would move to this uh, this coast on, on California, yep. and they would create it Hollywood. They, uh, they had no copyright or patents there at the mm. time, so they had no problem right. t- stealing, this, stealing this technology. It's borrowing. Borrowing, right. Well, they're, sharing. they're sharing the ideas. Yes. So the whole basis of this... But in- they would call it stealing if, if someone else did it today, which is, of course, the hypocrisy they're right, pointing right, out. Right, which is going to come up here soon. So the whole idea, the whole basis of this industry that today is screaming about losing control over immaterial rights is that they circumvented immaterial rights. <laughs> they copied, or put in their terminology, stole other people's creative works without paying for it. They did it in order to make a huge profit. Today... They're all successful, and most studios are on the Fortune 500 list of the richest companies in the world. Congratulations. It's all, be, it's all based on being able to reuse other people's creative works. And today they hold rights to what other people create. If you want to get something released, you have to abide by, to their rules and the ones they created after circumventing other people's rules. The reason they are always complaining about pirates today is simple. We've done what they did. We've circumvented the rules they created and created our own. This is the Pirate Bay. Mm -hmm. We crush their monopoly by giving people something more efficient. We allow people to have direct communication between each other, circumventing the profitable middleman that in some cases take over 107% of their profits. Yes, you pay to work for them, which I don't really understand, but uh, I guess they might have something to back that up. It goes on. It's all based on the fact that we're competition. We've proven that their existence in the current form is no longer needed. Mm. We're just better than they are. And the funny part <laughs> is that our rules are very similar to the founding ideas of USA. We fight for freedom of speech. We saw people, see all people as equal. We believe that the public, not the elite, should rule the nation. We believe that laws should be created to serve the public, not the rich corporations. The Pirate Bay is truly an international community. The teams spread all over the globe, but we've stayed out of the USA. We have Swedish roots, and a Swedish friend said this. The word sopa means trash in Swedish. (laughs) The word pippa means a pipe in Swedish. This is, of course, not a coincidence. They want to make the internet a one-way pipe, with them at the top shoveling trash through the pipe down Mm. to the rest of us obedient consumers. The public opinion on this matter is clear. Ask anyone on the street and you'll learn that no one wants to be fed with trash. Why the U.S. government want the American people to be fed with trash is beyond our imagination, but we hope that you will stop them before we all drown. SOPA can't do anything to stop TPB, or the, the Pirate, Pirate Bay. Bay. Worst case, we'll change top-level domain from our current.org to one of the hundreds of other names that we're already in, we already also use. Right. In countries where T- info, the, the Pirate Bay... Yes, exactly. In countries where the Pirate Bay is blocked, China and Saudi Arabia springs to mind. They block hundreds of our domain names, and it didn't work. (laughs) Oh, actually, and did it work? Not really. To fix the the problem of piracy, one should also go to the source of the problem. The entertainment industry say they're creating culture, but what they really do is is selling overpriced plushy dolls and making 11-year-old girls become anorexic. (laughs) <laughs> either from working in the factories that create the dolls for basically no salary or watching movies and TV shows that make them think that they're fat. In the great Sid Meier's computer game Civilization, you can build wonders of the world. One of the most powerful ones is Hollywood. 
With that, you control all culture and media in the world. Rupert Murdoch was happy with MySpace and had no problems with their own piracy until it failed. Now he's complaining that Google is the biggest source of piracy in the world because he's jealous. He wants to retain his mind control over people, and clearly you'd get more honest view on things on Wikipedia and Google than on Fox News. No doubt. Some facts, years, dates, were probably wrong in this press release. The reason is that we can't access the information when Wikipedia is blacked out because of pressure from our failing competitors. We're sorry for that. Neat stuff. I had no idea about that. Yeah, it's good. It's it's very interesting that a lot of the it's many cases that you come to find out that um, people who scream and moan about certain actions had at one point done those actions mm-hmm. in an earlier time. Right. Obviously, the people running the Motion Picture Association today are not the same folks that did the, you know, we're talking about 100 years difference or more, are not the same people that made the run from the East Coast to the West Coast back in the 18, was it the 1800s, was that? Yeah, I think it was late 1800s. Uh, So back in the 1800s, uh, they, you know, obviously were not those same people. But all that said, the history is still there and uh, it speaks loudly. Yeah. It's very, very uh, instructive to hear about that. and, And I'm glad to hear that Hollywood was built off of the the, the flight to freedom exactly uh, the you know the the desire for people to get out from underneath the legal framework that is oppressing ideas because ideas should be shared ideas are what wealth is created upon there's nothing today that wasn't created upon an idea that someone else already created whether it's the laptop that you're sitting there using uh, the microphones that we're speaking into the radios you're listening to us on none of those things are original. Somebody had an idea first, and then someone else took that idea, and they man- they modified it. They changed it. They made it better. I mean, the original radios had tubes in them, vacuum tubes, and then somebody figured out a new way to uh, to tune in with, like, I think, crystal control, and then, you know, uh, phase lock loop, and there's all kinds of new, I- I- you know, concepts that build on old ideas, and that's how new wealth is created. We take our minds, we combine our minds and our mind power with natural resources and other things that other people have already created to make them better. And if, as long as we've got patents and other things like they're out there, that stops that process. It prohibits people from coming up with new things, and we all suffer from as a result of that. See you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.